uh, in my travels throughout the internet today, I I came across something. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it. As someone who owns a pair of cat ear headphone Headphones. things that light up in the dark, I'm not sure I should be allowed to comment on this. But so I'm I'm gonna post a li- I'm gonna post a link in chat, and we're gonna kind of just take it from there. I, I want to know your honest reactions to this. I'm not going to tell you what they are before you click on them, even. <laughs> well, I've got an image. i yeah. got an image as well. <clears throat> so, okay. For those curious what the hell we're talking about, I'm talking about elf ear phone things. Like, it's a... Basically, they're like the, the wraparound your ear headphones... But then they have fucking fake elf extension pointy ear things off the back of them. So what's really weird about it is I expected it to be kind of like fake Leonard Nimoy ears. Yeah. And that it would be a whole over your ear thing, but it doesn't. It's an actual like earbud that goes in your ear. Yeah. And then a giant like pig's ear, like the one you buy at the grocery store, sticks off of that over like just the top of your lobe so yeah. it's you can still see the person's regular ass ear it looks stupid uncomfortable like it's like it looks like you just have weight on the back of your ears pushing them down now courtesy of this um thing. i actually think they thought of that because if you look at the picture of the person putting it on you know how some headphones have like uh like a strap that goes over your head to make the headphones more white weightless sure it has like a little string that goes over your ear it looks like to actually do exactly that and make it almost kind of like ride above your ear or the majority of the weight rides above your ear and the string is actually what contacts you which is a disturbing amount of over-engineered um priced at 1980 yen or $17.40 which is disturbingly affordable. That is, really. Yeah, because $15 gets you a pair of shitty skull candies. Uh, Are there not which, shitty skull candies? Yes, but I buy pounds of shitty skull candies because I don't feel bad when I roll over them <laughs> with my office chair. Fair. Um, <laughs> currently available in Japan only. Yep. Surprised. And available in one skin tone. Hopefully, if they catch on, they'll come in others. Well, I love the fact that the picture Incoming for it... Incoming purple. I, I love the fact that the um, picture for it is a woman with brown hair. Then all the other shots are... Like, putting them on your ear, you have brown hair. Once you're on the ear, you have blonde hair all of a sudden. <laughs> what I'm really enjoying is if you keep scrolling down, it jumps to another article called Battleships Are Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, my question here is... Are these horn? Are, are these ears powerful enough to hear the horn of Gondor? I think you could play the horn of Gondor through them. Oh, good. Like if you put in a device that put that produces air up to the left left ear of the person, it will make the sound of the horn of Gondor out their right ear. Um. Yeah. No, that's a little bit creepy. I just thought these were weird um, and deserved talking about. Yeah, I... 
they might be good for cosplay. I don't know if I agree with that, just because I know people who do cosplay would never settle for a over-ear that you could still see their actual ear with. Like, if someone's going to do a cosplay with this, I think they would go for, like, real or more authentic stuff. But then again, at 17 bucks, I can see the... Yeah. I can see the price point. Well, so, I, I don't think you'll probably see them around your neck of the woods, Jeff, but um, I see these stupid cat ear headphones I have in L.A. all the fucking time and i'm not well, looking forward you're not to the only person of... i know who owns a pair you're the only male i know who owns a pair that's though. fair <laughs> that's completely um... fair yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not just looking forward to people on the subway out here with fucking elf ears because that's the kind of town i live in <laughs> That's all I got on this one. <laughs> so I'm reading the comments because usually the the like gold is in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> That's a way to be incognito at a convention if you're a spy. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that is a that would make for an amazing like James Bond infiltrating anime expo. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm blending in with their subculture. <laughs> <laughs> They've taken me in as one of their own. I'm taking Desu Desu. I'm taking a turn at the Full Metal Alchemist fans. I'll rendezvous with you over by the uh, Excel Saga fan group. There's still Excel Saga people out there. Probably not, but I needed to think of something quickly. Yeah. I miss It'll you, probably Excel be Saga. The, fr the free fan group. In between the free fan group and, like, I don't know, the uh, Attack on Titan fan group. I'm like, what? Which what's young one? Hip and popular with the young kids these days. I, I'm not gonna lie. I was expecting more from Alex on this, as our um, as our link into what's cool and hip. I was expecting kind of a, I, I don't know, like Healy's How level do reaction. these match a romp him? I am no, curious. No, they're, they're they're not really in style. Like fair. It's you know I have my. You I heard have, it here first. Alex says they're not in for, style. Sell, sell, sell. For, <laughs> for for lack of a better word, you know I have my ear to the ground when it comes to this kind of stuff, uh, and uh, yeah. Uh. I just, I, there was no lack. <laughs> you sit on a throne of lies and deceit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 66. I am Jeff or Invader Gurr, and I am joined by Heinous Maeve, also known as Alex, also known as the Suave Man, also... You won't recognize him if he shaves, but you wouldn't want him to anyway, because he's beautiful as he is. Aww. And I'm also joined by Charlie, a.k.a. Mordak, a.k.a. the man with the motorcycle, a.k.a. Jen, please don't leave if he sells the motorcycle. Um, <laughs> then we won't have girlfriend games. Yeah. I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry to air out your dirty lawn. Oh, I, I, I got a little secret for everyone out there. No man ever bought a motorcycle because they thought they were cool. We buy them to get laid. Oh, it's, a, <laughs> it's like a metalocalypse. Like, if if I you spend your whole day getting someone else to do that for you, and if I could, you know, get if I didn't need someone else to do that, I I would literally never play drums again. Yeah, it's if there were no <laughs> unhealthy relationships out there that ended in like complicated breakups, the motorcycle industry wouldn't exist. Like that is a 
I, I would go so far as to venture like 90% of the sales for that entire industry are driven by midlife crises, horrific breakups, and like people that are like, a motorcycle will get my ass laid. That's how I'll finally achieve this. Mm-hmm. That is that industry selling points. <laughs> sex, drugs, alcohol, sex, sex with that girl, buy a Harley. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So with that, how are you doing this week, Alex? I'm doing pretty good. Um, let's see. Are you though? Yeah, are you actually, doing good? actually, I am happy to report some uh, really some good stuff. Kingdom Hearts Excellent. started being played. Woo! Yay! Yeah. I got a. <laughs> I am an excite. Yes, uh, I got Benny to jump into it, and we're kind of just playing along with it together and whatnot. So she's digging it so far. She likes it. So mm-hmm. we're having fun with that. Um, nice. Let's see. Hmm. Oh, more apartment drama. Ooh. Well, so your every... air conditioner left you. Did your it works for another for another no, it, apartment complex. No, it works. Everything's fine. And it's just <laughs> now my garbage disposal is leaking water. So hmm. yeah, that's not good. Not its own vital fluids. No water. No, no, no. no. Hmm. So I believe this is part of the communist conspiracy to sap it and purify our precious bodily fluids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how they're getting me through the garbage. I, I, I got to interrupt for a second, Alex. Fluoridation. Uh-huh. Show your work on this one, Jeff. How does a garbage disposal leaking lead to that? <laughs> Do I need to give the full Jack Ripper explanation? I want a full Jack Ripper explanation right now on this one. Well, you need to understand there, there was a night when I was with a woman. No, and, no, that's uh, not believable. Certain thing Jim, wouldn't sorry. rise to the calling, and it was at that point I knew. Do you know what fluoridation is, Charlie? Unfortunately, yes. I have family that <laughs> lives in Jersey where they don't have it. Oh God! It was that point I knew that the communists were trying to sap and purify our precious bodily fluids. First, they used garbage disposals to get into our water supply to deliver the fluoride. Then we'd start doing it ourselves and introducing toxic runoff into the water supply because then it's technically a byproduct and not a waste product. I'm just picturing Nikolai Tracksuit just shoving, I I guess, bricks of fluoride (laughs) into garbage disposals now across America. Like kicking in doors, shoving it in the, uh, shoving it down the sink and like waltzing out into the night being like, my work here is done. Soon they will fall. Yeah. Also, I think that's the deepest cut we've ever done where I have to start reciting Dr. Strangelove. I knew you had it in you. <laughs> it, for those who have not seen that movie, it's actually a phenomenal movie. It really is. Um, but sorry, I, I interrupted you, I Alex. I apologize, for Alex. The craziest the talent tangent. The, yeah, the craziest tangent we've done in a while. It's all good. I just want to see where this is going to go. I was, I was kind of, uh, I enjoyed the ride. What can I say? <laughs> but um yeah so between that uh got to do some good video game stuff of course had a uh, july 4th off because you know hey government job Ooh. you know one of the perks hey uh, that's why you have a government job why there's a government to have a job at <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh let's see got to do a little more wow rating because you know the doubt tuba sargeras is out so i'm playing that and that's fun um i got to try out lawbreakers what do you think of that? It's interesting. 
Yeah, that's been my reaction to it every time I've played it too. Yeah, like it's not bad. It's actually kind of kind of fun. So I'm uh I'm enjoying it. I got to play it maybe like one or two times, and so I look forward to jumping in again. Um I did get something to play as well, and I can't talk about it on the podcast. Cause I am technically under NDA. Okay. So I'll tell you guys after we're recording, but yeah, I, I am playing something else. And then, uh, blowing hooker parties at the government again. Woo! Bring back the eighties. <laughs> or in the eighties? What do you mean? Just a couple of years ago, when the uh, the Secret Service went down to party with uh, Colombian uh, hookers or whatever. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's see. I'm glad to see my tax dollars are having a good time. Right? Somebody's tax dollars are having a good time. <laughs> yeah. But um between let's see, what else? Uh that's that's kind of it for me as far as the week goes. Like it's been okay. It hasn't been bad. You know, traffic was nice on Monday because nobody decided to go to work on Monday, leading yeah. up to July fourth. So the drive to work and the drive home was stupid. The days around July fourth are some of my favorite days in LA, like week of christmas also it's like man no one's fucking here yes go back from whence ye came basically yeah oh how could i forget this um the littlest dog that we have which is uh my sister's dog hold up for a sec hold up how many dogs do you currently have (laughs) okay so that are mine two that means the number went up again no no we've always had a third dog here that was my sister's dog that's been here for years but okay. she moved away to an apartment, and she can't take him with her. I, I, I was discussing the number of dogs you currently are in mild to direct care of, and I realized I no longer knew. I knew it was at least two and less <laughs> than five, but yes, that still leaves a range. It's three. So there's Leia, which is my pit bull husky. Um, there is uh, Beasley, who's the uh, black lab. And then now we have... Well, not now we have, but now we're kind of taking care of my sister's dog, which is a, like, this small dog. It's, it's, like, white fur. It's, like, an Eskimo something or whatever. I don't know exactly what it is. It's definitely a mutt. But, um, yeah, like, we, we've been taking care of him for a while, so we, we recently got him fixed because he hadn't been fixed yet, and it's been a couple years. So for health reasons, we're, we decided to do that this weekend, so he's been kind of loopy, and we've been taking care of him. Uh and uh, we also did some dental work for him because his teeth were kind of bad and whatnot. So, yeah, no, it's uh, I'm in care of three dogs. Yes, still only three dogs, uh, two tarantulas and one tailless scorpion. <laughs> so that feels like a John Lear song at that point. <laughs> three puppies, two tarantulas, and a scorpion. We're thinking about maybe getting some sort of weird gecko later on, once we clear up more space in the apartment. Because their habitats are small enough that you don't really have to sure. do much for them anyway. But what if the gecko forms a secret pact with the tarantulas? Not going to happen. That was very assured. You don't know not gonna, that. Not going to happen. We keep them in separate containers. It's, it's like jail. They're in their own cell. Uh, Alex, we both have seen enough Oz to know that nature finds a way. What? That's Jurassic Park. 
I think it applies to Oz too. <laughs> oh my god, that was the most amazing jump between shows I have ever heard. Combining Oz and Jurassic Park. Oh my god. I watched the shit out of that show. What can I say? I bring the hype. Uh, but yeah, um, no. Other than that, just kind of taking care of the animals. Obviously, yesterday with well, well as of this recording, because we record on Wednesdays, it's the fifth. Um, July fourth was yesterday, so obviously the fireworks kind of freak out the dogs. So you know, kind of making sure they're okay. Which, by the way, I don't know if you guys have this in your neighborhoods, but I've had fireworks going off in my neighborhood for the last two weeks. My they're neighborhood in plays my state. the fun. My neighborhood plays the fun game of backfire, gunshot, or firework all week. Yeah. So, and, and the funny thing is, like, throughout, like, normally in my neighborhood, you hear, like, fireworks go off. And sometimes I'm like, that wasn't a firework, Mandy. That was a gunshot. And she's like, no, it wasn't. I don't believe it. I'm like, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm like, you around here, you play gunshot or firework. And then you just kind of listen for a while and see what happens. But, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> A lot of them going off, and I expect them to be going off for the next week, week and a half. Yeah, again, it's so. it's weird. Like I think it's literally just people buy too many of them, and it's like, well, I don't want them sitting around in my house. So I guess I'll light like five off every night for the next for the next month. No, They're literally gunpowder. <laughs> yeah, I I genuinely believe people are just lighting them up afterwards just to fuck with people. So yeah, maybe one just went off near my apartment. So yeah. Like, that's the weirdest part. If they waited till night, it'd be one thing, but it's like, oh, it's three in the afternoon, time to let off five fireworks. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my week. Guess that means it's my turn. Um, I do believe so. Yes. Oh, and what a week. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to cover some minor things first, I guess. Uh, before we get to the main topic, I'm sure y'all want to know about. I've, I've been playing a bunch of that. Up. I haven't had a lot of chance for gaming because of what I'll get to next, but I did get a chance to play that uh, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy game. I got oh, to watch yeah. some playing of that. It looked interesting, and they, they actually did some things with it. Yeah, of. that's a really good... I'm not sure what you call that, really, because it's not a re-release, and it's not a, like reimagining like it's a remastering i guess might be the right word for it or something like it's, it's kind of like with persona 3 they're like you can change the protagonist at the beginning if you want that was in the game original uh, yeah that, that, yes i get what you're saying yes um yeah it's weird like it's i was never a huge crash bandicoot fan back in the day i i actually got this because whenever i play video games with jen she always brings it back to crash bandicoot so Hey, fucking new Crash Bandicoot for the first time in like a decade. So, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying my time with it in like the weirdest way possible because I can bang out like a couple levels of that in an hour or two. And I, I've read some stuff that this game's actually harder than the original one was, which makes some sense because some of the jumping in that game feels a little weird. But I also remember the original Crash Bandicoot having some kind of weird counterintuitive camera angles. So I I don't know. Like that game, like it's it's weird because like if you don't like Crash Bandicoot, there's nothing about this game that you'll be like fucking yes to. But at the same time, as someone who was like aware of Crash Bandicoot, it's like this is 
kind of cool. Like this, it it feels a lot like the game I played back on the PS One, but just super pretty looking and stuff. There was definitely a lot of stuff to it. Like the fact I was like watching, I'm like, oh yeah, no double jump. Yeah, that's it's like even games like Mario have that. Um, and the it really makes or not Mario. Like, forget the idea, but like you start to realize how much that changes the game and how it almost makes it weirdly streamline. Yeah, because like you, it it's literally a timing game. It's no longer a like can you jam the button fast thing. It's literally, so, did you apex the edge of that block to jump to the next one correctly? That's actually kind of the cool thing, and you you touched on a weird thing I've been realizing, like. I, I love it when games have a rhythm to it, and Crash Bandicoot's platforming when it's hard has this actually really kind of cool rhythm. Like, there's a sense of momentum. Like, your, your, your jump distance is pretty consistent, and, like, there's a bunch of times in that game where your character won't stop moving. Like, either you're being chased by a boulder or you're riding on a surfboard or something, and it's not so much about maneuvering. It's about timing at that point. Mm, and yep. That's actually kind of really cool. It's like it, it's hard to explain without playing it, or we'll probably do something with it soon. But there's this really interesting and engaging rhythm to the heavy platforming sections of that game that I find just unbelievably cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nah, it's yeah. No, I yeah. I completely agree with that assessment of like it's it's a it's almost more rhythm than it is like yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, no, that's that's accurate. Yeah, and like not all the levels have it, but like when the levels do have it, it's really kind of funky because they do a lot with it. Like that, there's an early on level where there's a bunch of rolling kind of disc obstacles, and once you pick up on it, it's like it's like jump, wait, wait, jump, wait, wait, jump, jump, wait, wait. It's like it's it's a wait for every single one of the extra discs in a row kind of thing. It's like and like once you get the pattern down, you just beast through the levels but it's about getting that pattern down I, it's 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 really cool uh, it's i wasn't expecting this to be good and i'm still not to- I, I, it's as good as crash bandicoot ever was i guess is the best way of saying it like if you thought mm. the crash bandicoot games were good this game's probably pretty good if you were like fuck crash bandicoot that came with shitty camera angles you're still right too like that mm. game still has some real shitty camera angles with some frequency it's kind of one of those weird, like, I could understand someone being like, oh, it's just nostalgia, but at the same time, there's been so little games actually made that are very similar yeah. to Crash Bandicoot games, like, and I guess in some ways, yeah, the mechanics don't fully stack up, like, if you don't like platforming, this game is not, or, the game is not really going to bring more yeah. things as you progress, you're going mm-hmm. to get more platforming. Yeah, and I um, nothing wrong with that, the game wasn't a full-priced game, like, that's fine in my book. I, it's it's really weird because like the sales for this game have been dumb. It outsold Horizon Zero Dawn and shit like that. And you got Activision now being like, "Hey, maybe we'll make more Crash Bandicoot stuff." I, apparently, this game's sales are just blowing up the charts. Like, apparently, like well, <clears throat> I, I didn't care that much about Crash Bandicoot. People on the internet did, and this game is just fucking killing it. Hmm. Hmm. Go crash. Yeah, I good on them. 
so but this is the trade-off. I don't want more Crash Bandicoot after this. Like this is exactly as much Crash Bandicoot as I want. It's like, yeah, this is fun. Don't make a new one. But what if we do uh, not make a new one? Make a new and one. that will ruin it because I think like part of the joy of this is it feels like a PlayStation One game with just super high end graphics. Like there's that kind of not jerkiness, but like not flow that you just can't do with a modern game and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I also like completely forgot going back to that game that the going back to the first game that the motivations in it are the exact same ones from the Gex video games of like, hey, hot girl that we made. Yep. Play the rest of the game together. <laughs> yep. It's almost like the original like Donkey Kong uh like the Mario and Donkey Kong like yeah. motivations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, before we get to the main thing, I guess as well, I, I, because we talked about Dot uh, Hack signs. I went back and watched some of the old episodes of that stuff, and I realized something super dark. Okay. The headsets from that show are the goddamn Oculus Rift. <laughs> Like, what? they look exactly the same. They're probably based off of it. Quite possibly, <laughs> but I, I've now realized that, like, we're getting dangerously close to the gaming future. I was promised by Dothack Sign and mm-hmm. Sword Art Online. I'm Sword super Online. excited about this. I'm like, yeah, finally video games will start murdering people in real life. Do it. <laughs> but I suppose enough beating around the bush. Um... I went to Vegas in between the last podcast and this podcast. Uh, I saw a uh, small band there known as um, Rammstein. They're a they're a really underground German industrial band that is definitely not known for selling out stadiums that they then attempt to light on fire and shit like that. I I dropped not the joke. I'm gonna drop the joke now. It's a fucking awesome concert. I, it's. Uh, I, I, I've now seen them twice successfully, and I, I do mean that successfully because seeing them is often a bit of a effort because they that don't... That one's difficult. Yeah, it's... Yeah. They're, they're never convenient for me, it seems, and... I... I... I it's... It's got to that they put on as close as you can get to a flawless concert, I think, in some ways. Like, I, it's... I, it's such a good show. Like, they're... Their shows, like if you're a metalhead, they're super awesome. If you're a person that enjoys cool ass shit, they're also just equally awesome, but from totally different reasons. Like, there's nothing quite like them. Like, I, me and Jen were talking about it after the show. It's like, when this band does stop being a band, someone needs to make like a, a Vegas experience that's like Rammstein, the installation or something, because what those concerts are cannot be lost to history. Like there needs to be a version of that always out there. It should be a roller coaster with fire and built by Germans. No, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I think it needs to be a show. Cause like, it's, you can make jokes like, Oh, Rammstein concerts are a, are a, are a roller coaster. It's like, no, no roller coasters wish they were as dramatic and pulse pounding as a Rammstein show is like it. Mm-hmm. There's a like sense of like, Holy shit, what the fuck's going on? That only seems to happen at their shows. Like, so, allow me to paint you a word story, or a word 
word story at this point, I suppose. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, the, the two opening bands were Stone Sour and Corn, two bands equally capable, I think, still at this point of selling out like a full blown stadium arena. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, like, put it in perspective. When you are two bands that are that big and you are relegated to, yeah, we're opening for a third band that's even bigger than us. Like, that's the level of what the hell's going on that the show starts off with without anything happening. So, the set the stage, the Rammstein stage has, when they are done doing the openers and they start setting up, a giant black cloth drape with what appears to be a digital number, like, you know, that eight, like, the, the generic shape you use to make digital numbers on stuff. Mm. The, like, the old digital clocks. Yeah. Just, like, a yep. giant 40-foot-tall version of that dead center of this fabric drop. And show starts, like, a uh, stadium goes black. This thing starts doing, like, they start running, like, a bomb countdown sign. And then the number on this starts counting down from nine to zero and hits zero and just, like, explosions go off everywhere around the stage and the drop drops and at this point you realize that the two guitarists from Rammstein are coming in from the ceiling not on flying rigs but riding part of the lighting system and they're shooting like lasers off from it it's loud it's like holy shit what the hell's going on they get to this they get to the stage and they walk off and the things start going up and everyone's playing and then everything just stops and Keel Linderman, the leader of Rammstein, the, the, the lead singer, shows up on stage in a blindingly white, like the whitest of white, like ringmaster outfit, complete with giant like ringmaster top hat, and then proceeds to spend 30 seconds tap dancing from stage right to stage center, which when he oh then reaches there, and I don't mean like, bad tap dancing i mean like full-blown like heel toe like legit like holy shit teal linderman learned to tap dance tap dance and me and jen are sitting there going like what the fuck is going on that's teal linderman like uh, this means that somewhere out there there's video of someone teaching teal linderman to tap dance or teal linderman just knew what tap dancing was because he's teal fucking linderman either way there are more questions being raised than answers being given. So then Teal <laughs> reaches the center of the stage and throws his hat out into the audience, which then proceeds to explode. Oh my god. And this all happens in the first 30 seconds of a concert, and you're just kind of sitting there going like, what, what did I just see? I, I'm not prepared to handle what I just saw. And I'm sitting there being like, I've been to a Rammstein show before. I thought I knew what I was getting myself into a second time. No, and like it's at this point I realize the song they've been playing is a song I don't fucking know. Like every once in a while something will happen where I'm like, I don't know this Rammstein song. Like I know like solidly 99% of their music. And I, I only found out like two days later the reason I didn't know what that fucking song is is it's a new song they've been like touring around and not telling people even the name of it. They keep tweaking it some, depending on what the show they're doing. And I'm like, oh, holy fuck. Like, that's it. There's like nine different versions of it on YouTube that they keep like, hey, here's the version from this venue. We liked this about it, didn't like this about it. And you're like, what are you doing? You're shopping out your opening number 
for a tour. Who does this? Wow. And, nah, that's fucking sick. Yeah, it, it, and then the rest of the show is like equally as like so like Jen beforehand's like, oh, we're in like a we're in Vegas and like it's an indoor arena. I hope they don't skimp on the flames. They're up there fucking shooting like 30, 40 foot flames out of guitars and launching fireworks off the people. Like at one point, Teal goes off stage and comes back in like an overcoat, and we're sitting there going, "What's up with that overcoat, Teal Linderman?" And like whips it off, and it's just like bombs strapped to him. And like a 30-foot explosion comes off Teal Linderman, and you're like, that's what was with the overcoat, Teal Linderman. <laughs> wow. And that's just like constantly fucking happening. Like you're like little weird moments, like the first song finishes, and like because I've been to a show, I've learned to like watch for like the weird stuff going on. And it's like there's two guys on stage, like standing next to Teal, and it's like, like, I cannot stress how blindingly white this suit is like it's reflectively white you can't take a white yeah like you can't take a photo of teal linderman because he just gets reduced to like this reflective angel shaped thing it's super Mm -hmm. weird (laughs) but then so like first song finishes and two guys run on stage and then it turns out this fucking white suit is a tearaway suit and it's like oh now teal's back to normal got it (laughs) and you're just saying like the show ends, and I'm sitting there like, I, what just happened? I, I know I came for a Ronstein concert, but like, I don't know how to explain this to people moving forward. And I'm going through my phone looking at pictures, and I'm like, yep, that happened, and that happened, and that happened, and that happened. And I was here for this, and I don't know, I, I, I don't believe it happened. I have photos of it, and I don't believe that happened. Yeah, I. If you have a chance to see a Rammstein show, fucking take it. Like it's that may involve traveling states. It yeah, likely will involve traveling states. I, very possible. Like I, I, we went to Vegas because Vegas is the closest they were getting, and it was one of like two U.S. locations. The other, which was New York. Hmm. Yeah. But so while I was also in Vegas, I went to um, two tiki bars while I was there, Frankie's Hideaway and um, Golden Tiki, and got very day drunk. I've start, uh, Me and Jeff started a new tradition called Rumstein, which is when you mm-hmm. pregame for Rumstein by going and drinking tiki drinks. Nice. We think we're pretty clever. <laughs> yeah, but also while I was in Vegas, I checked out the uh, Pinball Hall of Fame, which is cool. I, it's... So we have this thing out in California called the Banning Arcade Expo, which is very similar. And if you've never been to the Banning Arcade Expo, I suspect the um, Pinball Hall of Fame kicks significantly more ass because it's just a collection of pinball machines. Uh, The issue is the Banning Arcade Expo is like four times as many pinball machines under one roof, which like... Don't get me wrong. The Pinball Hall of Fame is super fucking cool. If you've never been to kind of a bunch of old retro arcade stuff under one week and you're in Vegas and you like that shit, go check it out. It's a really cool space. It just costs 50 cents a game or the Banning Arcade Expo is like enough pinball machines that if you started playing one, I don't think you could get through all of them in a day. Mm. 
even if you and like just we have unplugged stuff of the banning arcade yes uh, we one, have right? been to two of them yeah we did um yes we have um video for two of them we have the first year and the second year uh we skipped last year's because they weren't ch- uh, reality was like the, the, they're a pinball expo not a ton mm-hmm. changes from year to year we may go back this year though because they're gonna change it up a little bit I, it's if you live didn't in- you get to or did, is that where you interviewed billy best yes or sir. not billy best um uh, is it Billy West. I'm blanking on his name too. The King of it's Kong. It's Billy guy, something. Yeah. Yes. King of Kong. Billy Mitchell. That sounds rightish, actually. Um. Billy Mitchell. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You got it right. Yep. Billy Mitchell. Billy yeah. Best is the voice actor, as I knew. <laughs> I like. I know. I said a name, and I know exactly who it actually is. So I know that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But yes, if you find yourself in Vegas, totally go check that out. Also, they have like a um. It's tucked away in the strip mall next to the uh, Pinball Hall of Fame. There is a, uh, I'm not sure what to call it even, like like a early VR arcade, and it's a train wreck in there, but it's also fascinating. They have a bunch of, like, VR machines from, like, the 90s and the 80s when it was all, like, vector stuff, and you're like, holy shit, we've come a long way, and at the same time, it's exactly the same. Hmm. Yeah, I. Th- that's really neat. Actually, yes, that stuff was really cool. And I, I guess on the way back, uh, we experienced Rammstein in the Wild, where uh, on the ride back, a just mountain was on fire. Oh, nice. There'd been a car. Can you crash. elaborate on that? <laughs> uh, there had been a car crash, and like we come up over him, we see this like giant plume of white smoke, and we're in traffic, and. By the time we get there, the fires died down a bunch, and still it's very much like, hey, hey, this entire, like, mile stretch of a mountain's just straight on fire still. Maybe we should have closed the highway a little bit. And there's just a car charred to car charcoal sitting at the base of this mountain where it's like, I found the source of the fire. Mm-hmm. But that was nuts. I, we also went to a place called Alien Fresh Jerky, which... It's a fantastic tourist trap of beef jerky and alien theming. But, yeah, as a result of all that traveling, though, like, I drove to and from Vegas kind of in a 48-hour time period. I didn't do a ton of video gaming. I did ride the uh, Luxor elevators a shit ton because they're on an incline, and someone when I was little told me about that, and I've been fascinated with that concept ever since. But, yeah, it's been mostly my week. That's wicked cool. Nice. Yeah, no, Ramstein definitely puts on a great show. And uh, yeah. I'm kind of jealous because I've seen them before. I don't know if I ever told you that, Charlie. Yes, it's come up a couple times, I think. I, yes. So that's the issue. I once, didn't know that. Once you've seen yeah. Ramstein once, it no longer becomes the quest to see Ramstein. It becomes the quest to, like, you're chasing the dragon then. And unlike heroin, every time you see Ramstein, it's like, yeah, this is just as good. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely got to watch them before and. Man, they put on a great show. I think I told you with the one I saw, they had a backpack strapped onto one of the guys, and the backpack just shot fire wings. Yep, that like, that, that that's how they close out. Angle, it's um, they have that like wingsuit thing, and it shoots. There fire. it is. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to see they brought that back. Yep, that's uh, it. Never went away. It's it's a thing they do now. Yeah, I know, but I, I I actually got to see them here in L.A. at the uh, the Western Forum or something like that. So that was fun. They actually came to L.A. once. Yeah. So. But yeah, definitely a great show. 
very jealous, and looks like you brought some of the Ramstein with you because it's hot as fuck in L.A. So. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, just the, the uh, residual heat from the flames in over Las Vegas from Ramstein. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was funny. About noon on Friday before we left, like me and Jen were just sending texts to each other. It was like, Ramstein. Have a nice Ramstein. Have a nice Ramstein. Mm -hmm. Which I actually got to say to you before you went. Yes. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Uh, I successfully did not see corn or stone sour. I, I set out with the goal not to see corn. I achieved that goal. Nice. Yes. Uh, uh, I think that means you're left, Jeff, right? Uh, it does. Yes. So this long weekend was kind of crazy for me. Um, So it started off with um, me and my roommate had over a bunch of coworkers, and we played a whole bunch of Magic the Gathering, and then I made boar uh, or dead boar pasta. Cool um using my brother's boar and then also my parents got finally the uh smokehouse has given us back the ham and the bacon of the boar and holy motherfucking shit that boar bacon where am i it's like at? uh he's keeping the skull Aww. um he's already given it to both me and his girlfriend as a present claiming that it was an actual gift and then we open it and like oh it's a skull <laughs> um so he's actually gotten a pretty infinite amount of enjoyment out of it, and he's done all the proper procedures of, like, you have to boil it and then cover it in chemicals and some stuff yep. to keep it from, you know, decaying and growing yep. shit. Um, But uh, did that, and then, yeah, the boar bacon is, like, it's super, super thick cut. So it always comes out, like, it's almost like you have, like, medium-rare bacon. Like, it's yeah. cooked like a steak. It's fucking amazing. Um... We haven't had a chance to break into the hams yet because we need to set aside like three hours to make an oven be hot in the middle of fucking July, and no one's really into that idea. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else? Um. My brother actually convinced me to go golfing with him. Um, nice. His girlfriend, uh, him, and I went golfing, and we had one cart and three of us. So one person hung off the back of it with a golf bag around their back as we drove around. Which was fun until you uh, someone would drive under a low hanging tree. Um. So we did that. Um. I went, or I'm gonna go through like the sports things fast. Uh, today was the finally the first day that uh, the rink was back open, so I went to hockey today, and uh, only four people showed up, so there wasn't enough to do a scrimmage. So what winds up happening is just everyone takes shots continuously. And after an hour and a half, it's like, oh, my God, I've seen somewhere in the area of 250 shots. I am so fucking sore. It's just battered and beaten and exhausted. Um, so if I seem logy and, like, lethargic, that is why. Um, but so other than that, um, one of me and Charlie's mutual friends went to Anime Expo. And um, I was receiving live Snapchat updates of... <laughs> panels going on at anime expo and got to see the live updates of like the ruby uh panel which was pretty neat um i visited a lot of guitar shops uh because i've been on the hunt for like two different pedals that i refuse to pay full price for so i've been like 
scouring the used gear scene and going to stores that like only deal in used guitar gear. Um, I went, or because it was the 4th of July, I went to a barbecue that was definitely focused around carnivorous interest. And I had my choice between prime rib and New York sirloin, and I chose prime rib and no vegetables. Um, cause that's how I fucking roll. Um, oh, so here's a fun one. So I was hanging out with my brother and his girlfriend and we decided we were going to watch a movie and drink and his girlfriend decided, or I had no interest on or I didn't give a shit what we watched and his girlfriend was like, let's watch Moana. And I'm like, fucking whatever. And have either of you two seen the movie Moana? Which one? The Disney one or the other one? The Disney nope. one. Nope. Uh, yep. So, watching that movie, it was fun and funny for what it was, but the more you start thinking about things, that movie actually starts to fall apart a little bit. As do most but I did, movies, but yes. Yeah. But there was an amazing moment I had of thought of where the main, like, problem in that movie is that they're running out of fish. And I just started thinking to myself, I'm like, this is literally turning into the plot of Shadows Over Innsmouth, where they have to go... Clearly what you need to do is go out and sacrifice a virgin to the Shoggoth so that they'll swim around and drive all the fish into your waters. And that way you can appease Cthulhu. And then they'll bring you all kinds of shiny devices from who knows where. And then you start turning into fish people. And that would have been a much more interesting movie to me. Yeah. Uh, one might say you're not the target audience for Disney movies, Jeff, but I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'd, I'd love to take a Disney movie and just pump some HP Lovecraft into it. Um, let's see. Um, this is going to be the last thing I'm going to talk about before I get into the video games I played. Um, I did something I don't do very often and it's because of reasons like this. I went to a GameStop. Uh... Yeah. So, I went to a GameStop because my mom somehow managed to lose the power cable to the PlayStation 3. And she's like, I can't find it, and I want to watch DVDs. And I was like, you couldn't have lost it, and it's totally fucking gone. So I was like, all right, I'll go get a new one. So I go there, and they're having a sale on used games. I'm like, you know what, whatever. There's one or two things I want to pick up. Um, so I ended up getting, I think, Last Light, um, a PS4 copy of Black Flag because it was free. And what was the last thing I grabbed? I forget. Um, it might come to me later. Sure. Um, but I'm going through the games on the shelf with my younger brother, and they have a copy of the Order 1866. Uh, and I'm like, oh, Jesus. Or 1886, I'm like, oh, my God. It's the worst game ever made. And the GameStop employee's like, hey, be nice. I liked that game. And immediately, every <laughs> red flag and bell is going off in my head. I'm like, you are a fucking moron. That's not the worst it, game ever made, but it's definitely not a great one either. Yeah. Well, I will venture to say, if you like that game, you're an idiot. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll kind of back you up. That game's plot falls apart so fast. And it's like, if you are not to be a told jerk, but if you're enjoying this game, it's because your brain isn't thinking about it. Yeah. That said, I would play that game drunk and it would improve my experience. I don't um, know, because then you might have to repeat those bullshit quick time events more often. I know. <laughs> I turn to the guy, I'm like, you literally fight seven werewolves throughout the course of that werewolf game. In a yeah, game no rebuttal to that. Yeah. 
I'm like, the entire plot falls apart when you just have the main character when they're like, have him on trial. Like, do you have anything to say in your defense? Yeah, that guy's a vampire. Like, that game's so yeah. bad. And, he, and then he goes, well, for 10 bucks, it's not bad. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It didn't launch at $10. Yes, it did. Yeah. Or it launched at 60 Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, and I'm like, more. yeah, yeah, it is so, I'm not being mean to the guy, but immediately in my head, I'm like, nothing you say is ever going to win me back in your favor. I officially don't like you as a human. Yeah. <laughs> and he starts giving me, or as I go to buy my stuff, he starts giving me like, do you want to join GameStop Rewards? I'm like, no. And he's like, you sure? I'm like, very. And he's like, well, you know, this sale that we're doing this weekend, you get that all the time and whatnot. And he starts giving me the whole spiel. I'm just like, I hate you. 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 <laughs> we walk out of the store. I tell my brother, I'm like, that guy is a fucking idiot. <laughs> I have played the Order 1886, and it is not a good game. No, it is not. No, it's and I was there right beside you. Yeah, literally that thermic gun is its only redeeming quality, and it takes it away. The lightning cannon's pretty cool, too. Like, that game has, like, four moments of badassery, and they're short-lived. It's like, imagine a dog turd with two Tic Tacs in it. Like, yeah, that is, that is the, the game experience of that game. So, Alex, have we talked about this? before I, i've heard you guys complain about order 1886 or, or 1866 quite a bit yes that thing okay. is fucking infamous in the extra life la guild our yeah. playing of the order 1886 yeah that game oh yeah and yeah. this is why steam is good and gamestop is bad um it's almost turning into like the uber argument where it's like you can either take an uber or lyft or what have you or you can deal with a taxi driver like, <laughs> um, I occasionally would rather deal with a taxi driver than a Lyft driver or an Uber driver. I, I think it's all situational. I, I don't agree with you though. GameStop can be very scummy feeling with some frequency. Yeah. Well, it's it's not just the like corporate bullshit of GameStop. It's like I also have to deal with their employees, and I yes. don't like their employees. Because mm. every time I go, it's like, hey man, you stoked for the new Call of Duty game? No. And your overhype is off-putting, and I don't well, get away from me. <laughs> I can't believe I'm playing Devil's Advocate on this. Like, in, in their defense, they oh, I know it's what he's paid to, to do. Yes, it's verbatim what he's paid to do. Yeah. I'm not required to like him. Yes, or her, or whoever. Um, it just comes off so much of like you don't have your own opinions, and I don't trust I, you as a person. <laughs> I, I think if you actually polled a lot of people that play video games, you might be surprised to find out how many people do not, in fact, actually have their own opinions about games. Like, if you're talking about, like, people, like, you're talking to people who get upset when it comes to, like, oh, I bought this game. The reviews need to be good to support my buying of it. This review's not good. That means I bought a bad game. No, it's not me. It's obviously the review. Like, it's... It, you're touching on a very weirder and larger kind of sub-chunk of the gaming kind of consumption crowd at that, or the consuming crowd at that point. Like, there, there are a couple people I know that they will just post some just unbelievably misinformed gaming stuff on Facebook and shit where it's like, this is mm -hmm. a, this game was great because of this. You mean the part that was terrible was great? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then you took one of those people and you invited them onto your podcast. Yeah. No, nah, their stuff's fine. <laughs> um, But did that, 
And then, so for video games, um, I played a little more Persona 3. I'm slowly picking away at that game. I'm starting to, like, get into the, like, locomotion of that game, yeah. gaining momentum with me, because right now I'm at the spot that is probably going to be the hardest for me to get through, where it's the part of the game where, like, nothing's available to you yet, and, like, clubs aren't open, and the yeah. game's trying to, like, introduce you to mechanics and stuff, and I'm kind of like, I want to just be past that. It's the um, awkward sensation of I've played a fucking Persona game before. Yeah. Um, but the the same like where the game's trying to be like okay nothing's available for you so you won't miss anything but my Persona brain's like I can't miss something because of this. You're denying me opportunities I could be missing. There's um, some S link I could be ranking right now. Yeah. That if exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. So getting past that, I'm sure once I'm past that, I'm gonna be super happy. Um, in Persona Five, I did have a moment of uh, the unifying uh, Atlas theorem uh, attacked me recently. Oh, um, so I won't spoil like who or how this came about, but I'll just say one of the characters in the game got themselves a uh, action figure, and it is. Catherine from the Atlas Catherine game. Yep, yep, it is. So, Catherine is officially in Persona 5 somewhere. Uh-huh. I have yet to find Nauto, though, even though you told me she's uh, in there. It's, it, she's in the uh, crowds. She's in one of the crowd scenes with the politician guy. You may have missed it oh, already. Oh, is it one of the cutscenes or something? Yeah, when he's talking. Oh, she's there. okay. You just see her hat. Okay, I just like looking around the crowd, like just around him, like where the fuck is she? Uh there's also the where Rize you posters everywhere. Oh yeah, I have the Rize poster in my goddamn room. Um. Oh, uh, have you fixed the computer yet? Fixed the computer? Uh, no, but I just bought a computer repair kit. Uh. So you won't get the reference if you fi- um if you find it in that game immediately. But uh, there's a Persona 3 Do you reference. mean in Persona... Or say, do you mean Persona 3? Because I just got the... Uh, they just turned the internet on where I'm at. So in Persona 5, there's a broken computer you can fix. And it contains awesome references to Persona 3. Oh, nice. Unfortunately, they'd be mostly lost on me because... Yes, that's why I'm saying you will not get them until you get to them in Persona 3. And then it will be like, holy shit. Yeah. It's actually kind of weird because Persona 5... You and me are going to have to do that thing you yep. talked about of doing a Persona 5 cast. Yep. Cast. Persona 5 so far, I don't like nearly as much as Persona 4, not as a knock against it. I just adore Persona 4. Yes. And Persona 5, I'm much more likely to go back and replay because I want to see its expanded world outside of the spectrum of what I focused on. Yep. Yeah, it's... Persona 4, I very much feel more like I have a better understanding of everything around me. Persona yeah. 5, I'm like, there's stuff I didn't uncover. Yep. Uh, absolutely is the answer. There's a lot. Of, I every Persona game assumes you're gonna have a certain. Like, you're gonna replay that game probably at least once to get all the social linky stuff. Persona Five, I think, maybe leans a little too heavily on that. Where it's like, no, no, you're gonna. It, we are going to make it. So you cannot do everything in this game the first playthrough. Like it's, it's just not possible. Yeah. Um. So there was that, and then the other thing is I've been playing a shit ton of Hitman with my younger brother. Oh, um, 
And I'm beginning to realize now some of this stuff may be me talking out of my ass slash being wrong because it's been a while since I played Absolution. Even then, I only played Absolution, so my knowledge of previous Hitman games is not very great. Sure. But what I've been realizing with this one is I don't remember opportunities being nearly as followable in the previous ones. Mm -hmm. Like in Hitman, the new Hitman, you can tell it like, I want to do this opportunity and it'll literally guide you step by step through it. And in the previous ones, you would have had to find them organically. But I think what's going on is there's a bit of a trade-off between the levels in the previous games. I don't think we're nearly as big as the ones are in the new Hitman. So it makes the game a little bit more manageable. And in that regard, I'm really enjoying it. Well, so, as yes, the, the opportunities are a little more trackable. They're supposed to teach you the levels is the real answer. So, um... What you may not have yep. started exploring is there's like expanded contract stuff where it's like achieve this goal with these extra modifiers put on and yep. that's where the game really starts to shine. Like I, the, what's the right word for it? The, the opportunities are to teach you kind of some of the mechanizations you can implement in a level. There's so yep. much more beyond them that are like, there's so many things that are way cooler in that game that have nothing to do with the opportunities. That's all super exciting to hear. Yeah. I was already enjoying the damn game. Yeah. Like, it, it's purely a, it teaches you how to kind of manipulate the environment, and it's a kind of a case by case situation. Like, I, it's, and I, I'm not sure how far you're up. What, uh, what level have you gotten to? Um, my younger brother just beat Bangkok. Okay. So, in Bangkok, there are a bunch of opportunities there that don't result in deaths, but they can set dominoes up and, like, in my case, I would set the dominoes up not realizing I was going to trigger it by accident. Like, oh, should I kill that person? How did I kill that person exactly? Oh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like the rickshaw one is the perfect example of that, where that entire opportunity can play out and the character can survive. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that basically brings you up to date with me. Nice. So yeah, it was a pretty packed weekend. <laughs> yeah. We all yeah, did Happy stuff. 4th of July, everyone. <laughs> if you don't live in America, happy Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, well, technically it's still the same word. There's just no yeah. American independence attached to it. It's just literally July 4th. I, my, my favorite yeah. part of 4th of July is all of the happy Traitor's Day, you filthy colonist memes. <laughs> I fucking love all of those. They just make me so happy. I was at the liquor store looking at a... Uh, it was an American-made gin, and the very first line on the back of the bottle was, are you sick of being colonized by London dry gins? <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, so I think with that, that brings us on to that other segment we do on this program. Yes. It's this little segment called The News. What are we doing? Oh, The News. So we are officially in that kind of unfortunate summer slump period, also known as July and August, where not a ton of gaming news happens, but some stuff has occurred, and... This is awesome. A lot of it feels like it's dumb news that didn't need to be reported on, but it's kind of funny it made new stuff. So, uh, first off the bat, 
I'm, we're off a little game with us actually first. Um, what consoles is Cuphead coming out for? Oh, uh, Xbox One and Steam. Any thought it would come out for the PS PS4? Never thought it would come out for that. Uh, I always uh, kept in my mind exclusive uh, Xbox One X exclusive. So you are smarter than the average number of people out there because a lot of people were convinced it was coming out for the PS4 eventually, which I I don't know if it's coming out necessarily for Steam. It's definitely coming to the PC, possibly just to the Microsoft Store kind of situation. But it's not coming to the PS4. Stop thinking it's going to. Uh, so here's the trick. You go get it one of those old PS3s with the original patch on. You install <laughs> a copy of Windows, and then you play Cuphead on a PS3. Yeah, that's one way of doing it, I suppose. It's not an efficient way of no. doing it, but it's totally viable. Yeah, that's that's the thing you can <laughs> do in theory. Uh, so following up with kind of more things that need to be said, but apparently people need to be told it. Um Got another one for you guys. Curious what you think on this one. Call of Duty World War II is coming to the Switch? Yes or no? Why? Uh, I'm going with no. No. Why? You both would be correct. Again, a lot of people convinced themselves Call of Duty World War II was coming to the Switch and had to be told, no, it's not. I mean, there is a Call of Duty game on the Wii. I don't remember which one, but one it's and it was terrible. And but they need to wait like eight years before they can have it on the Switch because that seems to be their business model. <laughs> yeah, I again, this is one of those ones where it's like, why did people have to be told this? This was an obvious thing. Yeah. Moving on from that to less sarcastic news, I suppose. Uh. China now represents 25% of the global gaming market space. Uh, keep in mind that includes kind of free-to-play and mobile games. So like uh, that weird Call of Duty that came out in China that was just a mashup of a bunch of Call of Duty levels and multiplayer maps, that's part of it. Like They do a lot of browser stuff we don't do outside of China. But mm -hmm. they are now 25% of the market space. Wow. Yeah. That's wicked interesting. Yeah. And China's really starting to be coming up and coming because a lot of things like I've been having our, well, information fed to me mostly through articles my roommate reads and then regurgitates to me about um, China's becoming one of the major demographics for like how and why movies are made. Yeah. Which is why so many movies nowadays like seem strange to like American audience, and it's because it's not for us anymore. Oh, it's, it's for China. It's such why a we're getting a World of Warcraft now, yeah. movie too. Yeah. It killed it over there. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're we're not top dog no more. No. Uh, moving on. Uh, no, no, we're not. But <laughs> moving on from that, uh, Pokemon Go has surpassed one point two billion in revenue. Uh don't know what I guess to say about that. To one. It. Yeah. <laughs> I, again, not totally surprised except for Holy hell, enough people were left playing that to pass $1.2 billion in revenue. It does not go on to outline whether or not that has anything to do with stuff like the Starbucks deal and shit like that, but you thought... I'm Pokemon still willing to believe that they've been at $1.19 billion since, like, the first week it launched. <laughs> possible. Quite not possible. likely, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Moving on from that, though... Um. 
either of you guys ever play Evil Genius? Nope. No. Ever heard of Evil Genius? I've heard of the gaming group called Evil Genius. Ah, uh, this predates them <laughs> by a Teeny lot. G. So, for um, those unaware, nah. Evil Genius was a PC RTS uh, that came out in 2004. Uh, it's How do I explain it? It wasn't a niche, uh, traditional RTS in that it wasn't about base building, or I guess it was kind of almost exclusively about base building. You were building an evil villain lair, complete with, like, traps and minions and doomsday devices to stop, like, James Wait, Bond. Wait, is this like that creepy, that creepy video game with the devil? Uh... Yes, but way cooler. <laughs> way more functional. <laughs> oh, that was a great experience at 2 in the morning. Yep. Yes, it Completely was. cracked out on sleep deprivation. Yeah, we've made some mistakes. Mm. But after 12 years, it's getting a sequel. Who's making, or what, what's getting it? Uh, I'm sorry, what? Evil like what console or I, I'm not oh, familiar PC. with the devs. It's of this. always been a PC game. It would not work okay. on PC, on non PC stuff. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, is I'm waiting to find out that it's getting a sequel that got kickstarted. I don't <laughs> believe so. They're just um, making a sequel. Let me double check on that though. Now that you've brought that up. Nope, it's just being made by normal-ass stuff. All right, cool. Yeah, it's a full-fledged it's a full -fledged sequel. It's not free-to-play. It's not some in-browser game. It's not a Facebook add-on thing. It's just a game that they're doing now, apparently, because reasons. All right, well, best of luck to them. Yeah, I, I thought the first Evil Genius was kind of cool. I'm excited to see what... An Evil Genius 2 might be. It's it's a very charming franchise. Like, you get to play Dr. Evil, essentially. Mm-hmm. Which I find. All right. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that, uh, five, uh, five Nights at Freddy's 6 was announced and then kind of immediately canceled. Cool. <laughs> I, either of you guys Five Wait. Nights at Freddy's fans? Uh, I like the first one. And I like watching the reaction videos of people playing it. Sure. Eh. I say that game is, if they made another one, it would do very well because now that streaming and, like, YouTube are really big things. Well, they've made like, one almost every year for the last, like, five years, haven't they? Really? That's the rate they're pumping those out uh, at? It seems like a yearly thing. Like, oh, it's October time for Five Nights at Freddy's. Huh. Maybe it's every two years, but they... I guess I just always thought it was the same one, which I guess that shows what the fuck I, I know. They're not very this different. Is, this week is the Jeff is wrong cast. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that every week, Jeff? I'm on fire this week, Wronger. Yeah. Wronger. Yeah, I, no, it's... A, <coughs> in a... It's a weird one, because now a bunch of the Five Nights at Freddy fans think they're being trolled or something like that, but... Basically, the game was announced. The guy behind it's a one-man team, or it's a very small team at least, just kind of came out and said, actually, I don't want to make this game, and I'm not going to anymore. No. There's some stuff coming on the horizon. Like He's like, 
he got out there was like, yeah, these games, like every game's supposed to be better than the previous one and all that jazz. I've I've never been a huge fan of the franchise, mostly because it's never it's like, it's always been like, no, this isn't a new game. This is just a new level pack. Like it's it always felt like you were paying a lot of money for essentially the same game with a new paint job on it. Mm. Like the mechanics didn't really ever change. Like, oh, you have another monitor now to check. Great. When's mm-hmm. the first time I get a shotgun to shoot these fuckers with? <laughs> Go on the offensive. But, yeah, the, apparently there's a movie in production and shit like that, which I didn't know, but... That's... Uh, yeah, it's called Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, for reference, the first Five Nights at Freddy's came out in August 2014, and we're already, in theory, at Five Nights at Freddy's 6. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, here's the reaction videos. I, yeah. So remember that GTA Five mod we talked, uh, modding tool we talked about last week. Yes. Well, so um, after some a uh, variety of kind of reactions from a variety of people, Grand uh, the Gakers of Grand Theft Auto Rockstar got out there and said. Uh, 2K, ease the fuck up a little bit. Like, we're kind of okay with this. And the big modding tool we talked about last week, the open, IV, the open IV one that lets you do a variety of interfacing stuff, is updating again. Mm-hmm. It's back. Kind of. Uh, Wait, I'm confused. Is this one of the, like, mods that... Activates other mods, or am I hearing? Essentially, you wrong? yeah, it's an inter- it's an interface that lets you get stuff into. Uh, it's kind of like how there's that Skyrim, uh, what's it called, the mod manager. This is kind of the same yeah. thing, where it opens up a portal to get your mods in there. But at the same time, some stuff like the Liberty City and Grand Theft Auto Five mod that was being produced has been canceled. Hmm. Uh, basically, Grand Theft Auto got out there and was like, "Yeah, we're super okay with you doing this in single player stuff." But it not can't, fucking with our two-player game. Well, don't fuck our with our multiplayer game. game, and also like it's got to be legal shit. Like, don't bring Grand Theft Auto Four into Grand Theft Auto Five. Like, we get that's an impressive and cool thing to do, but we own Grand Theft Auto Four, and we don't want it in Grand Theft Auto Five. Mm. You know what hits our sales of Grand Theft Auto Four pretty bad? <laughs> A mod of Grand putting Theft putting in Auto 4, GTA Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That said, I still want that uh, Unreal Engine Ocarina of Time to come out. That would be cool. It's unlikely, but that would be cool. Uh, it's not a real game. It's just a tech demo of, hey, look what you could do. They've slowly expanded it. It started out from like just the Temple of Time. I think oh, they've really? actually made more of it now. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know they did that. That, that, that. that was this, hey, look what the game could look like. It's like, that's neat. I don't care. Yeah. Tech demo. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that to stuff that kind of matters more to me and Alex, I guess. Uh, I put this one on here because I think it's actually kind of a cool behavior to see from a dev, especially of a free-to-play game. But mm-hmm. the war, um, the Warframe devs have put out an official loot drop rate table for essentially everything in the game you can get as a drop, based yep. on the PC numbers. Yeah, and that's a good thing. Like that kind of transparency is kind of like, okay, well, you know, it'll drop eventually, this and that, and that'll be good. Like, that's actually 
a lot of the shit that uh, Blizzard has gotten recently. I don't know if you've heard about that side of the coin, so to speak. Not really, but I know they've always been bad about their loot table secrecy. So, apparently, in, uh, what was it? So, in Hearthstone. Yeah, it's Hearthstone. So, you know, you can, any of the duplicate cards you get, you can turn into dust. Sure. And you can use that to craft other cards, right? So, instead of releasing the drop rates on their cards, uh, Hearthstone, and only in China, you can buy dust directly from Blizzard. That Mm. way, circumventing the whole we need to reveal our loot table drops for card packs. So that's the other side of the coin, and it's a shady fucking move because here in the U.S. we have no idea what the loot table looks like, or the loot. Well, not we don't the loot table because we know what's on it, but we don't know drop rates for any of the stuff that's on there. They just kind of like, oh, it's really rare, this and that, you know. And they've kind of gotten shit about their drop rate stuff recently, to the point where they had to redo or they introduced a drop rate system in Heroes of the Storm. Obviously, there's a big drama with the Overwatch loot drop system. Mm-hmm. where people were getting really shit, like the the anniversary event, people were getting really shitty drops, or you get tons of duplicates with coins. So they're apparently revamping it and whatnot, but that's the other side of the coin where you have a company that's not transparent at all with their loot drops, pretty much uh, getting a lot of bad press from it. But I think Warframe doing this on their end, is it, it's a smart move. Like This a, is what you can expect. Yeah, and a weird twist, it actually makes me more likely to put money into that game. Like, I bought some stuff in that game now and again, but like, if I could just look at something and basically look at my time and go, okay, I want X. Mm-hmm. Realistically, how do I get X? Oh, that's a lot more grinding than I'm willing to put in the time for kind of thing. I'll just buy that, but you know, that gun I want, it's actually not as hard to make as I thought it was. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'll build that, but I'll still throw them five bucks to buy the other thing. Yep. Yeah. So it's uh, it's kind of interesting that like, that was uh, that to see a company do that. I think that's really, yeah. really cool. Ultimately, transparency is a good. No, thing. and especially in a game that's a free to play game where it's like, no, no, we're all about enticing you to spend money. It's a rare moment of like, hey, here's some transparency and like, here are the drop tables. Like, react accordingly. They might be super shitty. They might not be. Yeah. Mhm. But moving on from that to something a little bit weirder, I suppose. Uh, Ooh. Tencent is imposing time limit limits on um, users that are viewed as children for the game Honor of Kings. So to kind of fight allegations of game addiction. Which I think is responsible. I mean, they don't have to. They own but... League of Legends. I don't know how responsible I'd Yeah. Well, for this game, they're being responsible. Well, so it's it's mainly a China game, and like to put some reference on it, uh, players below the age of 12 are limited to one hour of play kind of each time they log in, while older players can play between 12 and 18, and we've limited two hours a day. Sorry, mm-hmm. ages 12 to 18 will be limited two hours a day kind of situation. That sounds like people are just going to have multiple accounts, but... Yeah, sure. I... It's weird we've gotten to this point, because this is... I, my guess would be I know nothing really about Honor of Kings. It feels like a free-to-play bullshit game that's got some real serious hooks or something, 
like it feels candy crushish where it's like yeah uh, we build this game in the right way so that uh you're gonna be super enticed to spend money and if you're super addicted you're gonna spend that money I don't know. It's an interesting precedent. Like, they're doing it voluntarily, but they're also doing it to kind of make amends and or avoid more accusations on the topic. So, It's possible this is the result of an out-of-court settlement. I Maybe. I'm not going to speculate that hard because that's just unprofessional, but... Yeah. I'm, putting the, I'm putting the answer, it's possible. Yeah, I'm not it's, saying it's, it's happening. It's China and rules are it's crazy. It's very reactionary. There. Yes, it, yes. It also feels very... At least it feels that way. Where it's like, oh, but we don't let gaming addiction happen. Look. Yeah. And Which is just one of their... I mean, every IP they own is going to be small compared to LOL, but... Like... I don't know. I suspect no. some other China-specific stuff is... Could be super just could also box manipulation well, Yeah, and it's also one of these things where it's like it's contained to China. Like, it's hard... We live in the U.S. We are all U.S.-based gamers. Like, outside of the U.S., specifically in the Asian countries, mobile games are the shit. Like, they're the ones that reign supreme, even more so than stuff does in the U.S. and Europe. And, like, some of these oh, games I know are pretty... From, are, are real exploitative. Like I say, I know from listening to some of the Rooster Teeth guys, some of them have actually bought, like, actual, like, Japanese locked and uh, China locked phones because that's the only way to get certain games is to have a region-locked phone yeah. to get access to, like, the Japanese or Chinese iStore, or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't... Um, and get some of these games because they're locked over in those regions. Yep. Um, like, there is a whole world of mobile games that do not make it to the United States. Yeah, because they wouldn't succeed and they don't match the criteria to be released here. But at the same time, like, it's like, man, we have a lot of... There are a lot of rules in the U.S. app stores that prevent some of the shit from winding up here that happens in those markets that are like, this is just a slot machine that takes real money but puts out fake prizes. What the fuck? Yeah. But yeah, moving on to our last piece of news before our main topic. Uh, remember Palmer Lucky? <laughs> oh, that is a name I haven't heard in a very long time. Well, so, and it's a good thing. Yeah. I, well, he's not. He's back in the news for kind of confusing stuff again. So, um, uh, before all of the controversy and the lawsuits and the poor life choices, he was. The founder of of the Oculus Rift, a small VR Kickstarter campaign that took on a life all its own and became an acquisition of Facebook and shit like that. So it has come to light that he has pledged two thousand dollars to a Patreon for a guy developing a essentially an exploit or an app that lets you play Rift exclusive VR games on the HTC Vive. Mm. Wow. To be fair, like, before we start kind of what the fucking on this, um, Palmer had always been out there kind of advocating VR games should work on all platforms because VR needs to grow and shit like that. And he himself is not directly involved in this, but 
he's no longer at Oculus, and he's now funding the shit out of this. Like, I bet 2000 bucks goes a long way in developing this stuff. I mean, honestly, I guess it is just his God-given right after... This is honestly maybe part of his way of getting back at Oculus for ousting him. That said, they weren't in the wrong for ousting him, but... Yeah. That doesn't mean he's required to be above being petty. Yeah, I... It's a weird one, because Oculus itself has been super anti-this for obvious reasons, and I think it's a bad look where it's like, it's the company you used to own and run and operate, and, I don't know, this was just kind of scummy. I'm going with petty over scummy, yeah, but... Yeah, definitely both. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it feels very much like thumbing his nose at something, where it's like, haha, you can't control me anymore! I, what I'm half expecting now to hear is that like Oculus sues him over this, because this feels like it's some violation of a contract of some kind. I I don't think it's any violation. He's technically not with them anymore, right? Yeah, but so as someone who works under lots of NDAs for a living and stuff like that, a lot they of mean those non-compete. Things, yeah, there's non-compete clauses. There's um, there's cooldowns, and then there's also like uh, my current, not employer, but the client we have. I can just never talk about certain parts of the job I'm doing right now, like, for the next, like, ten years. But, like, he's not talking to anyone or releasing any secret information. He's giving a $2,000 donation, right? To a guy making an exploit to circumvent the security stuff on the company he used to own. Like, that kind of feels like it probably violates some non-to-compete or something out there. I think it's kind of in a similar similar situation where Steve Wozniak disagrees with some of the stuff Apple does and maybe, like, would do something. But, like, you know, Wozniak was a big part of Apple in the early days. Yeah. He kind of do whatever the hell he wants. Where that differs, though, is Steve Wozniak can disagree with it. Steve Wozniak's not actively leaning over to um, Microsoft and being like, hey, here's you make your internet better. Here's you make your Wi-Fi better. Like, I, I suspect Steve Wozniak is never allowed to do that ever. Well, technically, Palmer Lucky isn't doing that in this scenario. Yeah, he's not. But he's also he. But it's it's all gray. It's yeah. kind of like all speculatory of like, well, what if he is doing that? Well, it's hard to make that accusation because that is a bold accusation. Yeah. It's just weird, and it seems like it. it it's not a good look. I guess is the most important part of it. Like it's yeah. it's very nothing to do with Palmer Lucky's a good look. I yes. <laughs> a, a, another event in a string of not so great looks, in my opinion. Yeah. How to self destruct and influence people by Palmer Lucky? I, yeah. I... Did either of you two watch Silicon Valley? No. I, I've heard good things about it, though. I, it's a fantastic show, and they finally started tackling the topic of VR this season. And their kind of character character of Palmer Lucky is uh, quite damning and at the same time like it feels a little too accurate with some frequency where it's like oh i'm uncomfortable with this why because it's like uncomfortable no this feels a little too real like this lines Mm. up with like if it's the weird story of like guy who suddenly had millions of dollars overnight where it's like i i I just proposed a kickstarter thing how the fuck was i to know it turns like i i i'm a billionaire and not like a billionaire slowly and gradually, like a billionaire in a year. Like, what does that do to a person? Mm-hmm. 
And, yeah, I don't know. Makes them crazy, evidently. Uh, we are not ones to judge on this topic. We just report on when shit gets weird. Yeah. But so that's it for our kind of general news this week. We're going to move on to our main topic now. Uh, Russia got started off with a news topic because it's kind of a jumping off point for our main discussion this week. And it's that Valve has axed Dota 2 majors in favor of a third-party tournament. There still will be the international, but... You know, sorry, this is the 2018 season, not the 2017 one. They've identified a variety of kind of independently run majors that will be qualifiers for the Dota 2 International, which is the one every year that has like the $10 million price pool and is the big event and it, it, like it's the television on the ESPN and stuff like that and all that funness. So I, when I read this, thought that this was kind of unique to this whole situation. And then Alex corrected me. So, uh, as best it's like so let's let's go on this one kind of thing like it's 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 interesting to see something as big as dota fully embracing the not run by valve format well, i can also yeah. piggyback on that and tell you that league of legends does the same thing does it i thought they kind of controlled yeah. directly all their own stuff nope huh. they control the north american and i believe the european stuff but korea is still run and owned by ogn and kespa cup hmm. um They've changed the name of it to LCK, which is League Champions Korea, which, as you may notice, does not sound anything like any of the uh, other ones. Um, and it was basically Riot sat down when they were in the acquisitioning process, and they do have a hand in it. They just don't, or they don't necessarily have direct control of it. And this has run them into a couple of interesting contract things, where like Kespa Cup used to have ex uh, some like rights with. Um, Azubu, I believe. And because of that, they ran into like some streaming contract things with uh, every player had to be registered with like the Kespa Cup. Um, and then that ran to an issue where one team, I think their players weren't registered, which I think the their solution as was saying like they couldn't win their way to Worlds or something like that. But the team in question was at no risk of winning their way to Worlds. Mm. Um, and then Riot owns the actual like League of Legends World Championship at the end of the thing that um, they've started implementing a lot of the stuff that Dota does where you can buy like in-game content to support teams and then a certain amount of that is going to go straight to uh, go straight to the teams involved to supplement their revenue and then additionally Riot I believe has talked about sharing ad revenue with the teams um, so yeah they did they did have or they still have farmed out leagues uh, in some of their international circuit. I imagine they probably do something very similar with their Japan and Turkish leagues and maybe the Brazilian league, um, but they definitely have direct control of the European and the North American league. So, yeah, it's actually kind of a common thing where it's, you know, because um, some of these leagues actually sign contracts with the players where it's, very similar to kind of like the NHL versus, you know, like the back when you had like the WHL years and years and years ago, where it was you belong to this league. You are the talent of this league because I'm trying to drive the other league out of business. So some of the riot stepped into that and was kind of like, you know, we can either try and fight for talent or we can just get these 
to be our farm in for our bigger tournament, and that's worked out wonderfully for them. Mm -hmm. Well, I know, like, recently, and this is kind of the newer thing, uh, what's it called? At least in the fighting game community, uh, you've always had these, like, tournaments that go throughout the year. You know, you have, like, your West Coast, sorry, East Coast Throwdown, NEC, uh, NorCal, SoCal Regionals, CEO, things like that. Canada Cup, even. Uh, so, a couple years ago, when Capcom Cup announced their, uh, the, uh, separate from EVO, their own actual, like, Capcom event for, uh, for Street Fighter and for Marvel well, before, but then they just started doing Street Fighter. That's what they were doing. They would have these, uh, you'd have, uh, if they had a Capcom Cup premiere, like, a, uh, uh, an event, you would build up points that you would build up your way up towards, like, a league score. So winning this tournament was worth X amount of points. But they did have a couple premier events, and the premier events were ones like NEC or SoCal Regionals, where if you won, you got entry into the Capcom Cup, so to speak. So you had a lot of players like flying around and doing, uh, what was it, the gatekeeping, so to speak. I know there was a guy named Infiltration. He used to gatekeep a lot, and he used to kind of keep people out by winning those tournaments and flying out just to kind of fuck with people. Sure. But, um... But yeah, like the, the, the having the other tournaments not officially controlled by Capcom, for example, uh, run events that qualify for their Capcom Cup has been a thing uh, for as long as Capcom Cup has existed. So it's not necessarily anything new, although that also comes with its problems. Um, so I think it was, I, I told you about it earlier, I think it was uh, East Coast Throwdown in 2014. I want to say um, they were a premier event. So if you went there, you got, uh, you know, qualified for the Capcom Cup, so to speak. Uh, there was drama with that because apparently uh, there was talks of like bracket floating where certain players got certain preferential treatment. So they didn't get matched up early on with other players who were high profile. So they kind of had a breeze up to it. Uh, the, long story short, there's a lot of accusations about bracket fixing and whatnot. So um capcom actually came down on them and in 2015 they lost their premiere status for that year so um they do have a say in it as far as like rules and all that stuff goes but they don't necessarily control every single aspect of it and i know capcom uh specifically does like to stream anything that's street fighter related for capcom cup on their twitch channel but other than that like the to's for these events tend to manage their own uh you know tournament so to speak and then capcom just kind of goes along with the results and whatnot. Okay. Yeah, I had, I honestly had no idea. I don't follow this stuff quite as closely as you guys do. So I fully admit that I kind of just assumed incorrectly, apparently, that I guess it's based on kind of what I'd heard about Riot and then that they were super involved on every level of kind of the game's competitive scene like it was riot was the force behind it and they're not not the force behind it but that mm -hmm. like it's the riot presents this tournament riot presents that tournament riot's super involved in this event kind of situation it's mm -hmm. it's actually interesting to learn that, that that's more how it works i knew the counter-strike one is all independent tournaments like, there's no centralized counter-strike league that's part of the problem with it it's actually funny my mom has been turning on counter-strike on um tbs every now and again is like completely blown away 
both by the fact that it's there and also like my mom finally now understands like that that thing on the screen is their cursor <laughs> and that she's used a mouse before and what they're doing is actually impressive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I mean it's it's cool that, you know, they want to go this route cuz that gives that just opens up more opportunities for different tournaments to kind of be involved. Yeah. in doing stuff like this, well, which is nice cuz they get the exposure and whatnot, but like, you know, obviously Valve does have final say in the end on stuff like that. So Yeah, and I guess like the reason that I thought this was kind of a good jumping off point for this was as big as League is, as big as Overwatch is, as big as Counter-Strike is, it's never felt as big as Dota 2 has. Maybe it's because Dota 2 has the biggest money, but like, it's interesting to see that they're now even relinquishing control to kind of a more, I don't call it traditional sports thing, but we're now moving toward, we're definitely moving towards Jeff's dream of having like the Los Angeles so and so's take on the Boston so and so's in some esport event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, this feels like the natural step towards that where it's like, no. You now have the, like, NGL, the National Gaming League, and or, or you start having the like the, the Overwatch, like, I don't know if I can call it, the North America Overwatch League or something, because, well, I do not like Overwatch. The rest of the world seems to think that game is fucking fantastic. It's... I say, yeah. going to blow your mind a little bit with as well, that the other thing that's actually developing is semi-pro is becoming a thing, too. Yeah, and I think, I think that's mm-hmm. the thing. It's... When you have the freedom to run tournaments like this and have it matter and have it work towards that big final competition, you have the semi-pro circuit pop up. You have people that probably hold down a part-time job and then still play like a solid 30 hours of their game of choice a week. And I think you have to have a semi-pro circuit before you can have a true traditional pro circuit emerge. In League of Legends, they actually have a forced. Every team is supposed is required to have a semi-pro team uh, below them um, that they're forced to keep, and uh, they're allowed to move players up and down between them. Very similar to like you know the the Boston Bruins and the Providence Bruins. Um, so I mean, eventually it'll maybe one of those things as well where it's like, oh, I want to go see a League of Legends tournament. I'll go watch the semi-pro one because the tickets are ten dollars. <laughs> No, no, I yeah. guess the difference there, though, is riots dictating those rules. I think the more yeah. freedom you give people, the more you kind of naturally see how things shake out. Like, it makes complete sense for every team to also then kind of have a reservist where it's like, okay, how many people are on an Overwatch pro team? Like, five or something? It, get, it can get a little bit weird because there are rules against sister teams and stuff. Sure. Like, in League of Legends, they actually have rules against having a sister team. Uh, because it can lead to coercion. Yeah, I'm not saying um, have that. I'm saying like it, you have you have built-in tiers. We're like um, a league team is what six people, five people. Uh, ten. All right, ten. Plus, so you have your or ten. Six or seven's actually probably more accurate. Okay, yeah. so you have your main seven, and then you have like two or three farm teams below it that, like, injuries are less common, but like. If someone starts slipping, you can bring someone up from the minors and see how they do. Like, oh yeah, no, they do. They absolutely do that. And at that point, you're then talking very traditional sports, and you're talking kind of the traditional drama of sports, which I think some people, that's what's missing from esports. Like, it's got the internet drama, but not like traditional sports drama. And when you have that decentralized, 
hey, you can have individual leagues that do indeed work towards this grand goal. It's only a matter of time till someone goes, hey, Valve, like, if we made a league, or if we made a tournament that ran for, like, four months and was based around cities, could that be one of the qualifiers for this? Like, the champion of this gets a qualifier slot or something? That could be pretty awesome. And that's how you seeing get what, what you the want. like approval process to being a uh, tournament for uh, Valve. Yeah, what that could shake out. That could be pretty. Fucking well, imagine they yeah. kind of took the Olympic approach to it, where it's like, okay, like use, keep using Dota as the example. The internationals are the Olympics. They happen once a year, and like you have three or four like uh, Korean-based like major tournaments, and you have three or four. Like major Chinese ones, you have one or two from the U. I'm from the United States or something, and maybe you have a Canadian one or some bullshit like that. Like going back to the like we got super into that Russian team last year for league because they were oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Like imagine if suddenly it became like a, hey, um, there's four Russian teams in there this year from the European league kind of thing. Like it became a kind of a nationalistic. Like you could sink your teeth into it from like even if you don't care about the game, you still want your guys to do well. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, like, it, kind of like regional pride is absolutely one of like the fun things in games, like in, in following competitive video gaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the way you get people like me to care about esports is like you you give Jeff his dream, which is like I finally get like the Boston competitive Destiny players kind of thing. I'm not sure what the fuck that team would be, but that'd be like okay, I could watch this. It's a game I like, and it's. A town I enjoy, so let's see where this goes. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, like, this whole, like, you know, city team thing is slowly starting to come together in a weird way. Because you have, like, I mean, it's still pretty early on, but, like, you have Overwatch. Who's going to be doing the Overwatch League? And then you have, like, professional, uh, professional, like, for example, professional basketball players buying esports teams. That's just crazy to do, though. Yeah, like, Rick Fox owns Echo Fox, if you didn't know. Like, if people out there listening to this podcast didn't know that, um, Echo Fox is a relatively new team that's out there, and they've <laughs> got a bunch of big power players on their on their roster for different games. I mean, just for their FGC stuff alone, there's a you know, couple heavy names, both Japanese and U.S. players. Uh, their league team's huge. <laughs> yeah. and You actually... I don't think I've actually ever talked about uh, Echo Fox's recent play that they did. No. That's... So what Echo Fox did is there's a bunch of like retired players that are really famous for streaming League of Legends, <clears throat> but they're like they're past their prime. They're not like they can't compete anymore. Sure. And Echo Fox gathered up all of them and made them their uh, semi-pro team. And because of that, they're like the fan favorite of like. That's kind of cool. It's it's literally just all the like funny guys like all on one team. They don't win all the time per se, and they're not super competitive as a team. But people love watching them. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, like, and it was a huge, amazing brand growing move by Echo Fox. No, you, you're giving people something to watch at that point. Like it's yeah. What would they be call c- them? Like the meme dream team. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you're not gonna say an interesting where it's one of these things where it's like. I don't always want to watch serious streams. If you told me there was like a um, Counter-Strike league that was nothing but guys yucking it up while playing as seriously as they could, but the emphasis on was like, yeah, yeah, we're streamers first and esport people second, 
I might be super down to watch that. There's tons, or there's League of Legends players like that. You just need to know who and what you're looking no, for. No, no, but I want like the mm. tournaments based around yeah. that. Well, that, now if you if you want, you can be you too can be a fan of Team Echo yeah, Fox. Yeah, that's, that's that actually sounds kind <laughs> of cool. Where it's like, yeah, we're the personality driven team. We suck and we know this, but you know, we're fun to watch lose. Yeah. It's uh Dyrus, I'm a cutie pie, Scara, um and I'm forgetting the uh support in the jungler. I suspect I won't watch this league, but still sounds like a fun move in that direction. Yeah. I want I want the fucking um, Harlem Globetrotters of esports to emerge. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, again, Echo Fox. Like, Rick Fox owns that team. Like, that's that's crazy and, to me. So, like, you have that Shaquille kind of... Shaquille O'Neal owns NRG. Uh, is it NRG? NRG is sports zone by Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, and I think, isn't he paired up, isn't he, like, partnered with, uh, was it Alex Rodriguez? Maybe. Yeah, Alex Rodriguez uh, and Shaq both went in to buy NRG esports. Alex Rodriguez, yep. former fucking professional baseball player. A-Rod himself. Say, as a Boston e fan, I am well aware of this yeah, individual. fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so hate the guy however you want when he was playing sports, but the dude is investing in esports. So you've got all these guys investing into fucking esports stuff. So, I mean, it, yeah. the market is heading that way. I, I, I was having this discussion actually with like uh, a couple... I know this is going to turn into its own topic at this point, almost briefly, but I'll touch on it briefly, and then we'll actually discuss this, I think, maybe one day later on. Um, but, like, you have all, like, the the acceptance of esports as a normal thing. Yeah. Normal I, people. And that's why I guess I threw this one here as the main topic this week, because, like, this decentralization from one company controlling all of it to kind of a, that company is kind of a league management kind of thing, like you have in more traditional sports. I think is the is a big major step towards kind of esports becoming a I don't call it a real sport because I'm not totally sure I'll ever think of esports as a real sport, but a like just general thing in people's lives. Mm -hmm. But see, there's the thing. That's the same thing people say now about that. Like, I don't really think of it as a real sport. No, I no, mean, no, no. It's it's like bobsledding. It will never be a sport, as far as I'm concerned. It could be a real competition. Mm -hmm. But it will never be a sport. Well, poker has become a sports. Yeah, that, I, I have thoughts on that too, man. Yeah, poker, chess, chess is in is a sport. Like you've just listed two not sports. You've listed two games. Yeah, that are sports in their own right. I mean, the the, the definition of what a sport is is starting to change. Yes, with I, I, I know, era. and this is one of those weirdly conservative things I have, where it's like, no, no, chess is not a sport. It's super respectable, <laughs> but chess is not a fucking sport. It's in the game aisle. <laughs> well, yeah, like that's what I'm saying though. Like it's it's this weird like change in the in the in the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's the weird change in the climate of esports. Like it's becoming more and more accepted. And I mean, the generations coming up ahead grew up on computers only. They the generations that you know. Any kids born past, I guess, I don't know how many years ago, grew up with a phone, grew up with video games, easily accessible, grew up with, you know, access to the internet. I, I give it another 10 years, maybe, like, maybe less. 
that like esports becomes universally accepted, in, at least you know in the United States as an legit thing. I mean, hell, just the you have the collegiate leagues with like dor- well, the heroes yeah. of the dorm, Blizzard as well. It's another thing, and I mean, I don't, I don't know if you heard some of the perks of doing that stuff. You've heard of Heroes of the Dorm, right? Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you've heard of it. Not We've talked that about it on this podcast briefly a couple times, actually. So. So Heroes of the Dorm is a competition that's put together by different colleges uh, that's run by Blizzard. And the team that wins Heroes of the Storm, you have to be in the university enrolled. So the team that wins out, Blizzard pays for the rest of their college. Like oh, as, wow. Yeah. So if you win Heroes of the Dorm, your team has your college paid off for the rest of your college year. So hmm. if you go into a team, uh, you know, as a freshman compete and then win you've got your four years of college at uc irvine or whatever paid off that's pretty nice yeah and then just recently i think uh what was it i'm gonna look for it now because i talked about this earlier with a friend of mine uh yeah uc irvine again another it's it's irvine because that's where blizzard is but um they've just added overwatch to their esports scholarship program Say one of the um, one of the leagues that I always wanted to see take off more, and it may have taken off, and I just wasn't paying attention. Um, I'm currently googling, and it looks like they're updating their website, which doesn't help me a lot because uh, they're preparing a bunch of stuff for 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, is there is a gaming league called the After Hours Gaming League? And I've talked about it like once on this podcast, I believe, and I believe it's uh, endorsed by Day9, the StarCraft guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what it is is you have to be a company. So it has to be like, you know, wherever you work, you got together five people at your work and formed together a gaming team. And then what they do is you play and they put give you one professional of from that esport on your team and i think it's like a charity run thing maybe or something like that i don't know mm-hmm. i could be talking about my ass on that one but it was like a great like you know joe schmo getting to play with you know professional gamers um and it got it opened up really interesting opportunities and i really liked how it all it did almost like forced camaraderie with like companies and stuff to like you know this game's big enough that I could go to work and find enough people at the my place of employment to feel the team fairly readily. Mm-hmm. Um, because you only got one pro and the opposing team got one pro, your odds of that tilting the scales weren't that great. <laughs> um, or you could learn a lot from them in the one game you got to play with them. Yeah. So, like, stuff like that. You know? And then, like, I mean... It sounds silly a long time ago when people would say video games would take you nowhere, but, like, you get good enough at a video game, you could pay off your entire university. Like, your, your college tuition is covered. And that's the kind of stuff that's becoming more and more accepted. Like, I, I, I think that's personally freaking great. Like, and so, I, I know this topic is totally involved from our original That's always the goal topic. of this stuff. It was a jumping-off <laughs> point. Uh-huh. Yeah, like I, but yeah, I like I, I like where this is going, and so, yeah, I'm all for Way it. Way to draw attention you know? to it. I know. I just it's it's just it's such a huge shift. Like compared to our normal shifts, which is kind of goofy. This is like a we shifted this one to a completely different thing. But like, I mean, 
Do you mind if I shift it back to the original one? Yes. No, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so one of the things that I've seen in life that's kind of interesting is um, having watched like high school hockey with a lot of stuff like my brother played hockey at an extremely high level. And one of the things you'll see every now and then is you'll have one league is where all the really good players go. And then a new league will open up that'll be all young talent and people who aren't real, aren't as good yet, but they've got a lower barrier to entry of making the team. And then slowly but surely, what winds up happening is league number two winds up building up a roster of talent. And then every now and then, league one and two will swap who's better at any given moment. Um, in uh, like hockey, that would be the comparison of, I believe, like college hockey and the Q which is the or the Quebec League or Junior League, who has better talent at any given moment. And when you start opening up for organizations like that to start making their own league and giving people a chance to get into the thing, even if they're not on the best of the best team and or that opportunity is just not even there, but there's a league in place to even accept them. Yeah. Because one of the things is that kind of gets lost a little bit is can, or them opening this up allows for leagues at every level of talent. This isn't just opening up semi-pro league. This is opening up, you know, amateur leagues. Like, that you can then start feeding into, like, you know, the players that get into the semi-pro league are going to have to come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like, and things like that. Like, for reference, like, how many teams go to the League of Legends finals every single year that are the same teams? That are what? Like, how much... how much percentage-wise would you say the teams that go to the League of Legends, Internationals, whatever it's called, are the same every year? Like returning teams? Yeah. Probably, like, maybe 30%. Oh, I thought that'd be much higher. Like, uh, part of the weirdness um, of the Internationals here for Dota is it's the first time ever that there's been no retaining... Uh, there's no defending champion. Yeah, so League of Legends... One of the things is that the at the uh, final one, the international circuit's pretty well represented, and the international circuit is a little more. Um, it changes over hands who's good much more frequently. Sure. Um, also, there are a lot of time where teams don't make it back multiple years in a row, and things like um, certain leagues not being not getting as many slots. Like Brazil, I think only gets to send one maybe two teams so if the team the first place team made it last year and the second place team beats them this year that's a one that is officially a changeover mm. um and or actually it's probably higher than 30 it's probably around 50 yeah. percent is returning talent but there will be changeovers with like which north american team went like there are some staple teams that tend to always go at uh, yeah the, like the sk trying- telecom has been the king since um, Worlds three, but they missed Worlds four. Well, the point like, I was making at is that like if you have the same teams there every single time, things can get a little stale. If you have more opportunities to get in and you have more ways to kind of work your way up, going back to your metaphor, it's like hey, not everyone starts off amazing, but after a couple of years, maybe you have some equally as competitive leagues to come up through. Mm, you start winding yeah. up with more diversity, and as a result of that, you have people like me that go. I don't care about the guys that are constantly showing up. If you get some like weird wild horse out of nowhere, then I might follow that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's like definitely. Evo every year. I 
pick for the guy. I always pick for on whenever it comes to the stuff I watch. I'm always looking for something like it's a crazy upset, and I'm like, that's the guy I'm rooting for this year. I don't care if he goes all the way, but like, I want to see what else he does the rest of this run. Oh yeah, it's rooting for uh, what was it, Team Vega or whatever the um, the Russian team. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, the, the top teams will always do well. I want to see something new. I want to see some guy come out of nowhere and be like... Albus Knox Luna. Yeah. I got that entirely wrong. I was going to so say, Vega, Vega is another totally Russian wrong. team. Yeah, it's, a, it's another Russian team. Yeah. Their logo's a shark. Yes, Russia, famous for sharks. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> hey, Los Angeles, famous for its Golden Knights. Uh... Um, <laughs> you mean Vegas? Yeah, or didn't I say Vegas? You said Los Angeles. Oh, Los Angeles. I meant Vegas. We're famous for our Rams, apparently. So, not much better. <laughs> yep. And our royalty. And your Dodgers. And our lakes. <laughs> Go Dodgers! I have to. I'm sorry. I. We're losing the. We're losing the plot. That maybe that maybe it's time to bring this one to a close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so yeah. Hopefully that was enjoyable for people, etc. Et I know we had fun talking about it. Mm-hmm. Esports, Definitely. a topic we will continue to talk about more as things worth talking as about it happen. Yeah. yeah. Wicked awesome cast, your source for esports news we find interesting, not up to date yeah. news, just the stuff we find interesting. <laughs> also, uh, for the placing bets thing. Uh, Alex said 10 years. I said eight years two years ago. So I'm down to six years. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, so that brings us to the part of this podcast where we normally take listener mail. And we're not going to do that this week because we have some listener mail. But I am saving it for next week because next week we will have a special guest on the podcast. We'll be Ooh. having David from Press Pause Gaming join us, and I figure I might as well save some of our questions we've gotten. Don't worry, I've gotten them. They are sitting in the inbox. They are there. <laughs> Excuse me. Do not worry about them. We, I've read them, et cetera, et cetera. They will be utilized. Thank you for writing in. But Yay, thank you. If you found us because of Press Pause Gaming, an announcement there, thank you for listening in. And if you'd like to send, if regardless of who you are, if you have an email you'd like us to have David answer or so a question that you think we could field that might be fun or our, our general madness, whatever the right word is. If you have a question or a comment or topic you'd like to send in the form of an email, how would you do that, Jeff? Well, first you need to start getting into the like acid washing process that's used for marking up uh, PCB boards Didn't and you motherboards. Did this bit already? No. <laughs> oh, we did that. I know we've done acid washing before, haven't we? now oh fair enough continue oh i say then what you need to do is align a whole bunch of diodes and um resistors resistors are especially good for this um all spelling out little letters until eventually you write out entire words and sentences and then you have to make this into a probably a 15 series gtx or uh nvidia card or at least claim it is on the package and charge a billion dollars for it and because it's the latest and greatest and most expensive, Charlie will absolutely consider purchasing it. You're not wrong. And mm-hmm. then 
Charlie will open the box and realize what that your letter is on it, and then it will get read on this podcast. Or more simply, you can reach us at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that email again, Alex? Oh, I believe it was uh, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Spelled as it sounds and down in the show notes. We love getting emails. We like reading them, et cetera, et cetera. Not all emails make the podcast because some are stuff we can answer quickly off the air. But yeah, write in if you got questions for David from Press Pause Gaming. Uh, if you check this out because they announced about that, thank you for listening in. Hopefully we didn't scare you off too badly. And if you got mm-hmm. general questions for us, we really will almost answer any question. We've gotten some weird ones, and we're looking for a challenge lately. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, we got the really good challenge when we got asked to uh, pick what our Persona Arcana were. That's been a good one. We got... We got a yeah. cool. We got a couple cool ones this week too. Ah. I'm excited for next week. You're killing me now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of the plan. The plan. Plan to kill Jeff. Yep. It's it's been a slowly evolving a good... plan for years, Jeff. <laughs> uh, I believe that. Oh, I got one last Romstein story for you, actually. Ooh. So one of the guys. So. I'm standing in line. One of the guys behind me looks like six foot four tall Jeff. Oh, okay. And we talked because I was stuck in line waiting for merch for a long ass time. Longer than necessary. But so show's over. Me and Jen are leaving. And like we patch and go, hey, what's up? Like, oh, it's got you. Did like the head nod. And Jen looks at me and goes, did you find Vegas Jeff? Hmm. I go, no, and she goes, skinny, tallish, super pale Irish guy at a metal show. You fucking found Vegas Jeff. Hmm. So your pagan god was at work, was doing OT this week. Apparently, yeah. I just thought you'd find that funny that we apparently find other versions of you out there, Jeff. I hope not too many. I don't want to become, like, a collectible <laughs> Morty. <laughs> The collective of Jeff. Let me, that said, let me know if you find pirate or ninja Jeff. I, or, yeah. I'm ninja Jeff. Yeah. Let me know if you find pirate Jeff. Gotta fight each other. Yes. Yeah, I think that about does it for this week. Anyone got anything they want to pimp? Uh, other than uh, you can catch me streaming throughout the week on uh, Mixer, YouTube Gaming, and Twitch, all under the handle Mave Online. So check me out. I stream here and there. Especially Mondays, uh, should be able to catch me here and there. So, yeah, seriously, check him out. He's got a beautiful smile. Thank you. Uh, I'm gonna continue the lie that content will resume shortly. I've I've been having some issues with computers and haven't had a chance to fully devote my time to figure that out. Hopefully, I will have a fix by this weekend, and stuff will resume. So look forward to the Crash Bandicoot girlfriend games. Persona Four is coming back. I got some. Uh, we have some Jade Empire and some Metal Gear in the hopper already, so that's coming too. I appreciate your patience. My life gets in the way of the videos with some frequency and not having a laptop to edit them on. But, yeah. Excuses! Hmm. I think that about does it. Um, yeah. I, again, like, I know we don't... I know we, we, not to sound beggy, but please, if you have a next week, would be a great week for us to get extra view email. If you have a question you've thought about sending in, please do so. It'll be super appreciated. 
And, and if you do, you're a beautiful person, and puppies and kittens love you. Yes. Also, at the same time, moving forward, like, like we said at some point during this podcast, the summer month is bad for news and content for us to talk about. If you know of someone that might like to be on the Wicked Awesome cast, let me know. We could maybe do something with that. We like having people on here. There are mm-hmm. special guests. <laughs> Which we've actually done before. Yeah. Oh, and Blood Drunk's coming back soon. No. <laughs> yes. 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 Give in yes. to it, Alex. The blood sustains <laughs> us. I'm gonna go blast Lamb of God after this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cue the metal. <laughs>